listeners, you're listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies. We're your hosts, Sarah Cho. And Sam Collier. And today's episode is all about feedback. So how do you give feedback? How do you receive feedback without crying or (laughs) throwing up your hands? Um, What do you do with those notes once you get them? Um, What are some good practices to keep in mind so that you don't start crying? Um, (laughs) But I mean, there's nothing wrong with crying, but I think sometimes it can get in the way (laughs) of being open to feedback. I think I have the track record of crying. <laughs> getting the, oh my gosh, I think we all do. Oh my um, God. And, and what makes feedback useful? And um, how could we all become better feedback givers and receivers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah, so general experience. First time early on was like writing, I was so afraid to give notes. So I was now, when you like, say early on, do you mean yeah. like when you were 25, when you were oh. 23, when you were 10? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess when I was just first starting out, like even a playwriting class. Okay. Gotcha. You know, yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess I was like 19, 20, 21, even honestly, the first feel like first couple of years I've been grad school I was like mm-hmm. very timid mm-hmm. and quiet because I was just so afraid of like oh my god <sighs> everyone's saying like very intellectual things and if I say something right now I'm gonna fart <laughs> 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 I was like I'm so afraid what I'm saying right now and I don't want to talk um so I would always like hold back and sometimes you know it's like I would I find myself when people are talking about a certain moment um, giving notes and then maybe I'll have notes in my mind I'm like oh maybe I should say this then, but then the whole group has already moved on I'm like okay I can't give that note mm. anymore everyone has moved on I didn't speak up quick enough and I'm like okay but the thing is Sarah like those people didn't know any better I mean I think about when I was a undergraduate student and like how ready and willing I was to give feedback and like mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I just wanted to like sound smart and be part of the conversation. And then I think what happened to me is the opposite is like, I, as I became more aware of all the different ways of writing, then Mm -hmm. I became quieter because I like, I think I started out too overconfident (laughs) giving feedback and, Mm -hmm. and then, and then like, I think about starting at Iowa and I was super quiet at the beginning of grad school. Oh, interesting. Giving feedback. I think if I remember like first semester workshop, I just felt like I had no idea what to say. Mm. Wait, so when you felt more quiet, it was because you were like realizing, oh, there's so much more I don't know? Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Oh, Whereas like when I was in high school and college, mm-hmm. I just thought I knew everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, okay. So what was Thanks, it that Sam. helped you, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. become more comfortable giving notes? Um, I think it's it's like public speaking. You know, it's like you just have to practice, like, read as mm. many scripts, talk to as many different people as you can. Um. And then I find myself, okay, like I started to feel comfortable because I think when I found myself giving notes and then I see that like their mind working or like sometimes they're, I'm like, you could kind of tell when they're being receptive and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like that note. Like then you're mm. like, oh, I think I'm going somewhere with this. And so mm. you're kind of learning that you're, you're kind of cataloging those and then the way you're providing that feedback. So I'm like, okay, so if I ask certain questions or like if I after reading the script, I point out certain things or, you know, it's just like a practice thing that you develop. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like the more you do it. And I really think the more variety of work and all the different personalities Mm -hmm. uh, you give note to, it really does make uh, it better um, for you. So it sounds like part of what you're talking about is just adapting your feedback in the moment. Mm-hmm. As you're 
watching the mm-hmm. the artist or writer um, hear that feedback and like how yeah. they respond to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think a lot of that came from just I think sketch comedy did really help me in that way because before going into sketch comedy, I we have this like idea about oh the notes being too prescriptive like some player writers don't like if it's too prescriptive or not prescriptive enough or something but there's this like we're very um careful and like we're kind of like walking on eggshells sometimes but in sketch comedy especially with comedians it's like they're having to pitch like 100 jokes a minute or something you know they're like whoa it's like it's really fast like i'm like when we read a sketch and then there's like 13 people in the room all giving me like 30 jokes you know yeah. Then it's like it becomes like less precious and you're like, OK, like this is the engine that we're working here. And like this is how we need to figure it out as a team. And we're like, let's do this. <laughs> you know, what's the funniest out of all the jokes people said? What did we all laugh at? You know, yeah. but it's like that <clears throat> level of just like that. I think it's like that quantity. Well, it's obviously different. It's like some people are like quality is better than quantity. But in this case, when it came to sketch comedy, it was like. In joke writing or jokes is like quantity is better and then yeah I feel like and, that, and what that you come to go. realize is like you, there's always going to be more ideas and so mm-hmm. it's not a big deal if somebody turns down an idea because you can come up with a hundred more exactly yeah and then that's why it was like okay I part of me was like starting to let go of this like self-conscious feeling and I was like okay I'm there's a lot more here than just me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I really let go of that ego. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I also, when I think about receiving feedback, you know, now versus when I was younger, I think I, I think I spent a lot of years as a young writer thinking, like, I just had to be a I had to be good and I had to be talented. And like, if I wrote something that wasn't good, that meant I wasn't talented, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it took me a long time to understand that all of it is about process and mm-hmm. first drafts always suck. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's really not about writing something that's good the first time. It's so much more about um, working at it and working at it and, getting feedback and responding to that feedback and um and so I think that just like learning how to how to value that feedback and respond to it is such an important part of being a writer so um I I know there are a couple different tried and true methods of structuring feedback and one of the things I learned as a teacher um like just out of college was you know you should always give criticism in a sandwich so you start with Mm. something positive and then you say something they can improve on and then you end with something positive um (laughs) which is I guess also uh, you know very common in terms of like how employers give feedback to employees like hey Mm -hmm. Joe like you're doing a great job with this yeah uh we want you to do a little better at that but, um, you know, overall, we're really happy with this other thing, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like at a certain point, that becomes so formulaic. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested yeah. to hear what you think about that. Yeah, I <laughs> – it's so funny that you say that. Uh, yeah, that is – I think that is how I first approach – giving notes it's like that that method and I think it's really like I want to just test the waters here like how yeah what's the temperature here right now um where is this person coming from like let's see if anything uh resonates or not you know and then but it's also kind of like especially if if I don't really know that person well and yeah I, I just don't know their level of sensitivity or um receptiveness to feedback so yeah, I think that positive and then criticism, positive, that sandwich, I think that I think that works. <laughs> One of the things I like about it, especially when I'm 
you know, leading a workshop with young people giving feedback to each other mm-hmm. is that it forces them to first start with something that's working. Like you can't jump right into something that's not working. You have to kind of practice finding things that are working. And I think that's definitely a valuable skill because you can always find something to praise. And then, you know, if something is working and they're doing it really well, it's like, why not do more of it? If it, Mm -hmm. if they can, can. or, um, or maybe it's, it's another way to, um, go into that, uh, you know, whatever it is that they're doing well as a gateway to like, here's some other ways of exploring that way of writing. Of, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so true. So at Iowa, we used, in a workshop, we used kind of a modified form of the Liz Lerman critical response process, which um, I think it might be helpful to just go through the steps because I find that this feedback structure is really helpful when teaching. And I've used it a lot in my college classes and high school classes Um, because it, it shifts the, it gives the writer more agency than in a typical feedback process, which I think like traditionally in a writing workshop, the writer's not supposed to say anything. They're just supposed to kind of receive Mm-hmm. Um, and Liz Lerman, who's a choreographer, um, has come up with this process that gives the artist or writer a lot of agency in guiding the conversation and, and kind of seeking out information that's helpful to them. Mm-hmm. So this has four steps. It starts with, um, people, respondents, so audience members or people who are encountering the work say what's meaningful or what resonates. And so at Iowa, remember we would do like what popped. And then after that, I think we reversed these two steps, but in the Liz Lerman process after the next step is the artist asks questions of the respondents. And then the respondents ask neutral questions, meaning they don't have an opinion in them. Um, And the artist responds to those if they want. And then the final step is when you get into opinions and suggestions. And um, I really like that she makes that a step at the end because it, it means that most of the conversation is just describing the work and it's so tempting to like jump into a, critique and start saying how you think the person should rewrite their play. Um, right. But it's much more valuable, I think, and helpful for the writer to hear, oh, I was confused at this point, or, oh, I got curious about this thing at this point, or, oh, that moment was so exciting because blah, 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 and just kind of describe your experience back to them before mm-hmm. you get into your own opinions and suggestions mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I love this method because uh it's just very like clear like step one step mm-hmm. two step three like to get through and like organize these because you know it could if there was no method or any kind of process whatsoever like it could be chaos out of control yes something like organizing I'm like what what do you okay that sounds like opinion that sounds like a question I feel like that's why it comes if we like even if there's no monitor like a a moderator in the group or whatever but like to as a group we recognize the process yeah and it's it's helpful in terms of that that um nice and like streamlining the feedback in a way yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, especially because a lot of times we're not that good at separating out our personal taste mm-hmm. from like an, a, an objective or neutral description of the work. <laughs> you know, we're just so quick to say, oh, this is bad. You know, this is boring. Right. This is um, X, this is Y, without recognizing that that's about us. Mm-hmm rather than about the piece itself. And just because 
So true. You know, like I'm really not a good audience for action movies because I think they're so dumb and boring. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think I would have a hard time um, separating out my, like I can't even <laughs> describe how I would give feedback to an action movie without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, so. and I, yeah, I, the the taste is so true because. But the, what's so cool, right, is by removing that um, those opinions and the the uh, those um, very subjective opinions, right? When you remove that, put that at the end, but then you you're com- so everyone is coming from like diff- very different perspectives and like different like providing their taste, but without. Um, being about them they're just kind of just how they see the world how they approach the work yeah and getting that perspective like oh okay like sam's not into action uh, (laughs) action but like sarah's finding moments but she's not saying it's action you know it's like okay like right right like all the different ideas and so that's where i feel like that excites me to go rewrite is when i'm it's like these thoughts these questions these ideas is getting me expand the like my own work further mm-hmm, and I'm like oh mm-hmm. I'm so excited. like I want to explore what what Sam just said about this like because I would never think that way I would never think but she pointed something out and that sounds interesting and then um so yeah can you give an example of like your favorite a, a time when you got really good feedback or a type of note that you really like to get um, let's see. I, well, I guess, so I'm currently in the process of rewriting one of my plays, which is like a zombie play. And I, last time, so we, I think it was like five years ago, we shared it in workshop. And then recently before the pandemic, it was like, the timing is great. Um, <laughs> I shared it with my writers group here in LA and they, it was kind of like, okay, after having some time apart um, between that first reading and then my new draft and hearing people response, um, it was, I think my that feedback, I learned a lot more about, um, or the second, I'm sorry, the second time around before the pandemic. Uh, the feedback I got from my writer's group, it was like, they, well, a lot of them are like, they're playwrights, but they're also like pursuing TV. But then they were also, so they were kind of giving me a lot of, they're pointing out like plot holes, <laughs> which was, mm-hmm. they're pointing out, well, like contradictions, you know, like, well, she was holding five bananas here, but then she ends up with 10. Like, where does she get those five bananas? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know something about that. Like, I don't know. It's like, cause if I just go and I think about it deeply even more when they point out those moments then I'm mm-hmm. like oh okay I need to think about this deeply a little bit more about the story and the character like why is point how did that character go from point A to point B it's like it's just like I because I feel like when I, I'm so into my play that I, I just lose sight of all those things then yeah. so having that objective eyes is helpful so I think I, think I like that that's so um, true it, it can become so hard to think about the whole thing yeah, um, because you're caught in individual moments or ideas, and and you mm-hmm. kind of lose perspective. Yeah, yeah. So this zombie play that I'm writing is, um, they helped me in that, and I don't know. I think just giving myself that four year gap, <laughs> like of time, yeah, visiting it, um, was helpful because I feel like as a person I've changed. So I'm like another objective view so asking, I love that place so much do you do you want to just give like our listeners a little taste of what it's about <laughs> okay uh well the title <laughs> right now is uh is called uh Hotel Z by my change but but basically the play was inspired by um just how like during a pen like during like a virus like, I can't even describe it now. Thanks a lot, Sam. But uh, I did kind of put you on the spot. No, you didn't. I mean, it's 
it's because I'm and still like having to I feel like I'm constantly changing it even in the moment right now of like what's it about but it was inspired by back in the day when SARS hit and my uncle said to me uh Koreans will never get SARS because we eat kimchi like <laughs> I, 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 like, I forgot about that <laughs> Like so, it came from that that moment in my life where I was just like, it's not about that, but it's a I'm taking that that attitude, and I'm trying to explore in this like zombie apocalyptic world where like in this world only Asians are getting this virus, or that's what the perception is, and about how the Asians feel about each other, and then there's this it's all taking place in this, and I don't know. So, and it's in a hotel, right? And all these people are trapped in the hotel together. Yeah, and they're all like afraid of like the zombies are out there. There are Asians. I think that Asians have it, but then they don't have it. Um, <laughs> so it's just like I'm just like trying to play with more paranoia than yeah. anything. But yeah, I'm still working out the story because it's it's kind of wonky. But we'll see. Well, you it- mentioned how you took four years away from it, and I think that can be so helpful for revising because. I know that I have to be able to give myself a break from a piece in order to come back to it with fresh eyes and, and try to give notes to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, when you returned to it after four years, did you have specific ideas of what you wanted to work on? Uh, yes and no. I think there were these like elements in the play that I was like, do I want to keep it or remove it? And so I kind of had like three or four questions in my head about certain characters or certain scenes if I wanted to just completely remove and just do a whole new rewrite or brand new character or like a brand new scene. Mm-hmm. So I was oops, so I was going through each scene through the play um, thinking about do I want like yes or no, like do I want it or not kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – yeah, I think that was kind of just the main thing. I, and so I ended up removing like maybe five pages and like adding 10 pages mm-hmm. new to it, um, to the play. So yeah, I it's so hard because like, I don't know if it's going to work or not. <laughs> but yeah, based on the feedback I got from, you know, from Iowa and then my recent writers group, I'm just kind of figuring out what were the feedback, like, it, what was interesting, I still had my notes from Iowa, so I was looking at questions and thoughts that people had, mm-hmm. and then any were there any same questions again from my writers group? Oh, yeah. And I was like, because maybe there's something true there that after all this time that people still have the same thoughts and feedback that those are the ones that I should go to and change or answer, because um, there might be some truth there. <laughs> So can you talk a little bit about that process of taking notes and, you know, people might be wondering, like, how do you, what do you do with all those notes after you get feedback? Yeah. Um, Well, I didn't know that I was doing this, but this is what I was doing. And then I found an article that kind of talked about how organizing writing um, feedback was. Um, So there's an article, I'll link it out. It says, uh, it's by David Safford. And so unknowingly, what I was kind of doing first was, and I'm like a type A person, so this may not work for everybody, but so it's similar way how you were talking about like statements and the questions, right? Mm-hmm. I was kind of like categorizing the feedback where I'm like, okay, all of the feedback notes, first of all, they're coming at you left and right in all directions. Yeah. Um, they're not following any f- especially my writer's group, we don't like really follow it like this format really. Um, And so they're coming at me, they're coming with opinions, they're coming with very subjective thoughts, prescriptive notes, left and right, all over the place. And then I just write it all down. And then what I would do go back is, okay, what all of these notes are for story. All of these notes are for character. All these notes are for like surface level, like, oh, here's a grammar or all these notes are, um, so I kind of like almost break it down mm-hmm. and then, cause I feel like I need to first organize it all. And then, then I could like tackle it. What people say, actionable items, <laughs> you know, it's like bite size. 
I think Deborah said that from our interview list, they're like bite-sized actionable goals. So I get all the feedback and I have to first organize it. Like I'll just type it up and then put in a document. I'm like, okay. So I'll first th- think about all the story, questions about story first and see if it relates to character. And I'm like, and look at all the character questions and comments. Then look at all the, the the dialogue questions and comments and thoughts. So it's very, um, maybe a little too practical, but that's how I first approach it. Yeah. No, I don't think that's too practical. I mean, I think you have to like just kind of take stock of of the feedback and you have to sort through it. And I think that can be so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um. I see a lot of young writers, like a lot of times my students, they come into a workshop, especially if it's maybe their first workshop experience, and they're really just expecting it, you know, people to be like, oh, I loved it or fix this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and then they find out that actually they're going to get a lot more information than that. Um, and so it can be super overwhelming to just receive all of that information and, and it's like some of it's really um, big picture stuff and some of it's really granular. And so I think that makes total sense to organize it in that way. I've never really done that. I like, I write everything down while I'm hearing the feedback and then I put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes just go into a new draft with like one thought or one idea that is top of mind. And then it's not till later, like a couple drafts later, I'll go back and look at those feedback mm. notes. I don't know why, but I, I find it really hard to to implement them right away. I have to let them kind of percolate in yeah. my subconscious. And then there might be just one one thought, one note just might be enough too yeah yeah definitely the one that really like stuck with you and then like stayed with you um might be just enough for the next new draft um the thing is a lot of times people I remember somebody telling us this I probably said this on the podcast before but um a lot of times people when they're first experiencing a play especially if it's a reading and they don't have it in front of them they can, they're pretty good at identifying when something is not working, you know, or like that something is not working. They can tell you, oh, at the end of act two, I get a little lost, but like, they're really not great at telling you how to fix it. And yet that's what they always want to do. <laughs> you know, Everyone has ideas about how to fix something. Right. And, and I, I think what's useful really for the playwright is, oh, something's not working. And I'm going to get 10 different opinions on why it's not working and how to change it. But the really valuable piece of information is that it's not working, (laughs) you know? And like, I have to figure out by doing a deep look at the whole play, Mm -hmm. maybe over many hours, I have really have to figure out how to fix it. But um, I feel like when I've, um, like playwriting instructors when we had like, oh, they read my play and then they're like giving me or like a one-on-one meeting and then they're like giving me thoughts about their play and stuff. They always tell me, you just need to write more. You just need to write more. Mm. You just need to write more. And, I, and I'm like, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> it like sounds more- like you find that annoying. I at, at the time, I think so because I'm like, well, I want to fix this thing that's in front of me right now before I write the next one. You know, it's like, uh, so... Oh, so you're interpreting that as, like, you need to write other pieces? Like, you have to write new pieces? And I think it is. It's just, like, the more I wrote different play, like, the more I kept writing, Mm -hmm. it it really does unlock something where, okay, I, I am learning this craft. I'm, like, I'm learning moments I'm like I'm learning to write scenes here and Mm -hmm. the more I do it then it's I start to um I don't know like I could you you're starting to develop this ability to like identify (laughs) you know you're like 
how you're like seeing the acts and then you're like seeing the moments you're like oh this kind of uh works in certain ways like you're the more you write and so yeah. and so I was just like <laughs> but yeah it was just like that's what every teacher would tell me it was just like you just need to write more you just need to write more and I'm like okay sounds like you're copping out right now and you are <laughs> leaving me behind bye what kind of teacher are you bye <laughs> just like, no one gets left behind and you're leaving me behind um, <laughs> but yeah um but I, I think now I don't know but it sounds like they they were actually to continue with your metaphor of leaving you behind they were saying keep walking <laughs> <laughs> and you were like no carry me <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't carry me. Uh, let me ride your back and <laughs> give me a piggyback ride. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That kind of sounds like that. <laughs> Funny. Oh, gosh. Um, Do you think personality affects the kind of notes we give? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, do you go, I guess, do you go to different people for different kinds of feedback? I think so. Um, I, well, this is, okay. All right. So the different personality types, right? There are different people that uh, are, that I feel aren't very good at, you know, being receptive to notes or like are not very generous or, you know, they're just like different types of people that mm-hmm. um, I don't know where they're coming from. And so I find myself like, maybe I all, this person only wants to hear one thing and I'm just going to give them that one thing. And I'm just going to not mm-hmm. give it. Um, and they, I feel like the first like two minutes, if you're pretty self-aware, you're like, you're like, okay, they're already block tuning me out. So I'm just- <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll just end this note here. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then, and then when I'm looking for notes, I feel like I have like a list of people, um, that that I want to share the work to, you know. And yeah. so the first and always is, is Nick. <laughs> he's he is like my first like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a writer too. So what kind of feedback does Nick give? What's his style? It's very, very. Um, I can't. Desc- I don't know what's the word. Common sense. <laughs> like he, it's <laughs> like practical. Very practical. Common sense. Like it's. Uh, and I think it's because you know he his, his backgrounding is like screenwriting. He's writing a novel, advertising. So it's very like. But he's also been a teacher. Like he's also been like a teacher to young people for like 10 years. So he's like also very like kind. <laughs> like you could, he's really good at giving those notes in, in a very. That's um, such a good combination. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I bonus. It's like a, like I won a jackpot. <laughs> um, so oh he, God. He, he, <laughs> he, so when I give him a play or like a script to read um he kind of does what we do like oh he like tells me like what's working like what he likes about it and he tells me and he's probably the one that I feel like has <laughs> uh not I don't say forced to read but and yeah and <laughs> I have I give him my word like give me notes right now he doesn't have a choice doesn't have a choice that sounds um, like forced <laughs> But like he he has so he has read and seen my work in the last like the most recent years like all collectively and so I feel like in terms of me as a person and my personality like he's starting to see what I'm trying to do and develop and he like sees um that and so when he gives me notes it's like he sees my strengths so he's like you're doing what you like to do you're doing what you're doing well here like that's mm-hmm. what you do but then He's really good in giving notes on like story because like I think that's just his bread and butter. This is his like it's just like he could really point out like this beginning, middle, end, and just like mm-hmm. connects really well where it could improve more. He never says like 
this sucks like this why well, didn't that's you not good. That? <laughs> that's good that's good she never does that so that's great oh um but i think it's him just like i think it's just him always um giving notes because like that's just part of his job and getting notes yeah and then do you give him feedback on his writing too <laughs> he let me read like a first chapter of his book and then i shared some ideas or thoughts and how i loved it and then he just never gave me anything to <laughs> i don't know what i did wrong <laughs> but you know he's just ne- he's very he was just so inspired he was like i'm gonna go write more he's 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 like um he's a tourist right so he's just taking <laughs> and he's like routine and he's like until it's like absolutely finished he's done what he needed to do when he's ready he doesn't like anything too early like everything's ready and feels confident then he'll send it and give it to me but as a whole piece. but me i like i'm like i'm all about like in development so i'm like all right this is 0.5 draft so read it <laughs> well see i'm really glad you brought this up because i think one thing that's super hard for me is to get feedback on something that I haven't yet written the ending of. And so I've, and I've learned this about myself. And so I've become much more careful. I find it really hard to finish a piece. um, If I've already had feedback on the beginning, I don't know why, but it's like, I, it's like I freeze and I can't, I find it really hard to move forward. And so I, I don't like to share things that are in development. And like the ending might change. You know, I might write something and have a complete piece and then get feedback and rewrite the whole thing. But mm-hmm. somehow the ability for me to reach the end of a piece it is tied up in like not having it's like being alone with it throughout the first draft. Like I have to, it's like, I don't know, I think of it like an egg cracking an egg or opening a cocoon before the little Mm. being inside is finished developing and it kills it. And so I have to be alone with something while I'm writing the first draft. And then once I have an ending, even if the ending is going to change, then I can get feedback on it. And I guess then you like what you're saying, like draft 2.5, like that's, I, I have no problem getting feedback on like a partial re- revision but um yeah I don't know when I have when I receive feedback on the beginning of something or the beginning and middle of something mm-hmm. like I really lose momentum and find it hard to finish well do you have any other final thoughts about feedback giving feedback receiving yeah. mm-hmm. feedback the only thing that comes to mind, and I, th- I think it's because I had this conversation recently with Nick, is like, if if there are several people giving you the same note, mm. maybe you should take that note. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like been consistent and yeah. it's like same questions, same, uh, very constructive um, comments or like thoughts that that could that your script maybe needs. Uh, just take it. <laughs> and then maybe it's like all different people. This is, it could be your closest friends, your peer, uh, your lover, whoever's giving it, giving you all the same note, just take it. <laughs> yeah. Is there, Cause there might be something true to that. Um, That's so true. Yeah. 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 What, are, what about you? Um, what are my final thoughts? Final thoughts. I think, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about the, I was working with high school students this summer on creative writing and, you know, when they wanted feedback on their work, I would, I would kind of go through the steps of describing what I was seeing and like posing questions for further development and talking about, you know, what I, what was exciting about it. And, you know, a lot of times the students would be like, but did you like it? (laughs) Am I a good writer? You know, they really just wanted me, they wanted affirmation and validation and they wanted somebody to be like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And which, you know, I, I see nothing wrong with doing that as a teacher. I actually think that's a really important part of being a teacher, but it's like at a certain point as a writer, you have to stop associating an individual piece with your 
self-worth and ability as a writer, you know, that you have to learn how to separate those two things and, and receive feedback on the piece without taking it as existential commentary on who you are. Um, and I just think that's the hardest thing to learn and it takes time. Um, I don't know very, I have not encountered very many high school students who are capable of doing that. I've put, I've, I've like cornered a teacher to and literally be like, who am I? Who do you think I am? <laughs> who you tell me? I've done that. Like I have, I've like. <laughs> and what did your teacher say? They're like, uh, uh, you're, um, you know, you're, you are, uh, you're, you're interesting. You're funny. You're. <laughs> Uh, please, let me go. <laughs> please let me go I have a class to teach <laughs> um so yeah, yeah. no but it's so true I mean I think young people are looking for for information about who they are at the same time that they're looking for feedback on you know a five-minute play that they wrote <laughs> and right. those two things get really really tangled up and so I guess I would say, you know, if you're a listener out there in the ether, no matter how old you are, if you're having trouble separating feedback on your work from feedback on you as a human being, um, take a deep breath, be patient with yourself. It's okay to have a hard time with that, but just remember that this is one thing that you created and does not represent the sum of you as a human being. That's me. You're in class. I feel like you got onto a very nice podium and you spoke to the world. That's <laughs> what I try to do here. Um, and in the like audience, this is just me. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you really for cool. your um, support. Oh, man. All right, let's well, go to glistens. All right, let's put down <laughs> glistens. I hope listeners, I don't know, you found any of this helpful. Uh, if you did, um, let us know what your, your thoughts were. Um, if you have your own process or yeah, and tell us about how you give and receive feedback. Yeah. All right, glistens. Oh my gosh, my week is full of glistens. <laughs> You're gonna have like I'm- ten glistens. Everyone, buckle up. Okay, everyone buckle up. Okay, so okay, so the first couple are the TV. I watched HBO Raised by the Wolves, the first three episodes that came out this week. Watched it all. Um, incredible. Uh, if you're really into science fiction, bleak, sad, really just uh, if you want your mind to be blown with ideas about religion and human race <laughs> and survival uh raised by the wolves is great uh amazon but there's no wolves not yet okay the season is new <laughs> okay. uh, i don't know i really take issue with that title I'll you'll have you, to let me know if anything changes I'll, I'll keep you posted there there were these spoiler alert but there were these like monster like things that popped up that looked like wolves Oh, but they're not wolves. But <laughs> I'll keep you posted. All right, thank you. Uh, next, I watched. I binged the first season of The Boys. That's on Amazon. It is this reverse. Like think about all the superhero like Marvel movies you could think of. Right, mm-hmm. take that world in this TV show. Those superheroes are evil. And they're part of this like what corporation? Oh yes. Oh my god! Why would you want to watch that? Um, because it's actually fun. It's like fun to watch. Um, about it's like it's just fun to see that switch. Like it's something different perspective, and mm. it's funny. It's the writing is really funny. Mm. Um, really grotesque. The show is very grotesque. Um, but it 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 is it it really opens your eyes about like corporations uh marketing and those like the way those narratives are kind of changing or shifting the way we 
see things, you know? So, so that's kind of a cool take on a superhero. And then I was learning how to draw. I've been trying to learn how to draw. Oh, cool. I don't know. I've been like watching like videos and, um, cause like, I don't, I was like, I don't know. I have all this time now. What is one thing I want to learn this week? And I was like, I want to learn how to draw, (laughs) sketch something. So I've been drawing a lot of apples. Oh, cool. That I don't like, the fruits that I don't like. Um, (laughs) Why do you have fruits that you don't like? Why am I drawing them? No, why do you have them in your apartment? Um. I actually don't. I don't have apples. I don't like apples. <laughs> They're oh, not are you good. drawing a picture from like a computer screen? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they're like they were just picking <clears throat> some of the videos are like picking household cool. object or they were using apple as their example. So I was just copying them and I was like trying to draw apples. I think you and should all- draw a portrait of Butters. Oh, Everyone, yeah. that's her cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to do, I'll do a portrait of butters. So, but what was interesting is like, what is drawing? Is like, there is it's not just imitating. It could be, but it could be also different ways. Like they're like have fun. They're like just want um like give yourself rules. Like don't don't pick up the pen mm. or pick up the pen and just and all in one line draw that object. And what did that look like? You know, it's all just kind of so it's kind of like oh this is kind of fun. Um, All right. Here's a really meta question for you, Sarah. Yeah. Um, would you ever ask Nick for feedback on your drawing? Uh, <laughs> it's it's too soon. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Um, right. Exactly. Because all you want to hear right now is keep going. <laughs> right. Keep, keep going. Drawing. Yeah. You just need to draw more. <laughs> <laughs> but who am I? <laughs> Tell me who I am. <laughs> I've been drawing. Um, the last one is my last question of the week. Is so many questions. I know it's just been a really big week. Um, is I've been I started this read as many scripts as I can in the month of September. I thought it was just one a day. It was one a day, and now I'm just like, let's just see how much I could go because I put this out there into the world into Twitterverse. And holy cow, so many people, I think it got retweeted like 30 times and I got like 80, I don't know how many comments oh, I got, geez. but there were, like, wow. there were a lot of scripts out there, especially on New Play Exchange. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm just going to, I'm going to read as much, as many as I can. Cause there's a lot out there. And then, you know what? I haven't ever reviewed scripts or recommended scripts on New Play Exchange. So I'm just like reading one and I'm just going to like say what i liked about it um cool and so so this week though i think the one there are a couple scripts that i was like stood out to me so how Um, many have you read so far it's only september 4th i've read seven what that's amazing yeah a couple of them are short like 30 like one act plays so <laughs> I didn't say I didn't I didn't give anything about page numbers. Um, so uh, let's see. OK, so I really liked Robert Alexander Ray's Melancholy Echo. That was really interesting. Um, it was very emotional. It's like a one person play, but you, it's very. Uh, it, um, I know, there was a play that I wanted to compare to but can't remember that play but um it's but it's about this like priest and then he's like kind of like sharing his world or point of view um and then the other one was like this vessel is a fragile thing by Britt willis i really like that one it's that's a good title yeah and it's all about like body like the way we look at bodies and by dysmorphia and so that was interesting. And then um, this is a tie. And it was because you recommended me. And we had a guest last week, Deborah. But I read Atlas, The Last Given. Oh, my God. I love I that it. It's so it's, good. It's really good. And it, it, I honestly, after I read that play, I went into my kitchen. I unplugged Google. Um, <laughs> Google. Um, so, yeah, it was really – I was like, oh, my God. I, I'm too wired. I have too many things wired to me. Um but yeah, so there's just this, like, I read a, I'm hoping to read more 
today, tomorrow. I don't know for wow. how long. To the end of September, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So all that's right. my listen. Well, we I'm look sorry. forward to hearing more about all these plays. All right. Well, my glisten is a completely different kind of glisten, which is that um, I don't know how it took me so long to do this, but um, I roasted in a low oven for a long time cherry tomatoes, and they're so good. I read about this on Smitten Kitchen, and because mm-hmm. I have so many cherry tomatoes, and they're starting to go bad, and I was like, what am I going to do with all these tomatoes? I want to have them in the winter. So anyway, so she recommends roasting them and then you can freeze them. Mm. Um, and But even like a lot of them do not make it to the freezer because they're just so delicious. I just keep eating them. Um, they, it's like, like all you have to do is put them in 300 degree oven, little cut them in half, put a little olive oil on like on a sheet pan and then roast them for 90 minutes in the 300 degree oven. And they are so good. Are you so? Are you like drying them out? They or? they do dry out in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they get super flavorful, and a lot of the moisture evaporates, so they get kind of dried out and like very concentrated flavor. Wow! And then you can you know put them in pasta or like crackers or put them in a salad or just freeze them. So I'm going to have so many tomatoes in the winter. And you didn't cut them or anything. You're just like, cut them in half. oh, you cut them in half. half. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cut them in half and you put them cut side up so that mm-hmm. the liquid doesn't like spill out all over the place. It, it's kind of contained in the skin and then it slowly evaporates. Wow. Yeah. So much better than the, you know, quote unquote sun-dried tomatoes you buy in the store. Okay. I'm gonna try that. I think I have a yeah, bunch of you should tomatoes. totally try it. Yeah. I'm try that. Well, there we have it, folks. <laughs> this is our show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, stay tuned for some drawings from Sarah Cho on her Instagram account. <laughs> I will show you the 10 different apples that I shall create. <laughs> uh, all right. So tune in next time. Goodbye. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.